So Thursday nights at my house are family nights, and we love family nights. Every Thursday night we go and pick up some dinner and uh, bring it home and watch a movie. So it's a fun night for us as a family, but it's also a challenging night, all right, because me as dad, I get the privilege of loading up two three-year-old girls in a van and uh, taking them on a, on a journey to pick up some dinner. And if you have ever been in a situation like that, you know it's kind of tough to get small children in the car. Most of the time they want to do anything but sit in their seat. All right, a lot of time there's fighting in the back seat or excessive crying or just weird three-year-old stuff going on back there, right? So it's a challenge. Well, a few weeks ago, I, I discovered that if I turn our trip to pick up dinner into an adventure, into a mission, then I get some more cooperation. And so my girls, they like this show called Aquanauts. Um, which is about uh, some, some animals, cartoon animals, who live in a, in a ship underwater, and, and their whole mission is to protect and preserve the ocean life, you know? And so now what I do is I go, get my two little girls, and I sit them down, and I look them in the eye, and I say, uh, baby aquanauts, we've got an adventure. We've got a mission. We have to go pick up dinner so we can come home and watch Cinderella. Do you accept the mission? And they get excited, and they call me Daddy Aquanaut, you know? And it's awesome. It's awesome. But there's something about adventure, adventure that, that, that draws us in. We like adventure, something about, you know, the risk, something about the, the adrenaline, the possibilities of what could be. There's something about adrenaline that draws, or about adventure that draws people in, right? I think it's because we were made for adventure. So we all like at least the idea of adventure. But the truth is when it comes down to actually embracing adventure, that's not something many of us do, right? We, we tend to, to be more realistic. We tend to count the cost. We, we tend to measure the risk, and then we, we, we decide to settle for something less than what could be. But we settle but we can't get rid of this desire that we have for adventure, so we, we uh, appease it, we satisfy it in other ways. This is why we watch TV, right? I don't know if you know this, but most of the shows you watch on television are all based around uh, 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 satisfying our desire for adventure. So do we have any Shark Tank fans out there? Any show? Let me see a show of hands here. Who's watching Shark Tank? All right. So I love Shark Tank. All right, it's a great show. If you watch Shark Tank, you, you probably think it's a show about small businesses and investments, but it's not. It's a show about adventure. All right, these are people who have a dream, a vision for their life. They've, they've taken great risks. They put everything on the line to see what, what could be become reality. And, and so we get to see this story unfold right before us. It's adventurous. It's a show about adventure, embracing adventure. Or how about um, um, Fixer Upper? We got any Fixer Upper fans? All right, yes, some of you are big fans. My wife loves Fixer Upper. My kids love Fixer Upper. They watch like four shows. They watch, they watch Daniel Tiger, Aquanauts, Baby Einsteins, and Fixer Upper, right? Like, it's a Chip and Joanna, man. They just got to pull on, on people, right? But you think that's a show about about remodeling old homes. It's not. It's not about home renovation. It's about adventure, 
right? And you know this because you watch the show and you see them doing crazy things, tearing down walls, ripping up floors, right? Just dreaming what this house could be, creating a, a less than desirable place to live into a, a wonderful, beautiful home. And it gets you excited, doesn't it? And you start looking around the house and you're like, this wall must go, honey, right? You get all pumped up envisioning what your home could be, right? But then what do we do? We we do what we always do, right? Because adventure is a little scary. We start to count the cost, consider the risk. We realize maybe, maybe it's not as easy as they make it look on TV. And we settle, don't we? We settle. We're like, ah, that, that wall's not too bad. I can live with it, right? That's what we do. That's what we do. And the reason we settle, the reason we don't embrace adventure is because we're afraid. We're afraid. We have fears. We have, we're, we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of risking too much. We're afraid of, looking, we're afraid of looking silly. And so we let fear hold us back. Let fear hold us back. And so what I want to ask and answer today is this simple question. What if we didn't let fear hold us back? What if, what if we let faith drive our lives? What, what kind of life could we possibly live? What kind of future could we possibly have? What kind of impact could we make on the world around us if we let go of fear and we stepped into faith? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 3. And in Genesis chapter 12, God is going to call a man named Abram to embrace adventure. This is what the Bible says. It says this, beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, what? Y'all say that. What does he say? Go. He says, he says go. Let's say that. Go. Go. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about, some participation. Thank you. He says, go. If you write in your Bibles, you're taking notes, I want you to circle that, underline that, mark that up. Somehow God tells him to go. All right. He tells him, go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house. So he's telling him to go, to leave behind everything that is comfortable, everything that is familiar, everything that has ever made him feel safe and secure. He says, leave it all behind. He says, go where? He says, to the land that I will show you. This is important because he doesn't even tell them where he's going. He says, to the land that I will show you. So God calls Abram out of everything that is comfortable, out of everything he's ever known, into something that's uncomfortable and unknown. He goes on to say this to Abram. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, so in our passage, God calls Abram out of everything that's ever been comfortable or safe or secure, and he calls them into this unknown, adventurous life, 
right? And this is the definition of embracing adventure, by the way, to step out of what is familiar, from, of what is comfortable, what is safe, into what is unknown and risky. That's what it means to embrace adventure. And here God calls Abram to do that, and, and honestly, God calls every one of his children to do that, to embrace adventure, and it can be scary, right? It can be, it can be intimidating. There's, there's fears that come along with that. But one thing that you can be sure of is this. Every time God calls one of his children to embrace adventure, he always has a plan and he always has a purpose, right? God tells Abram, I will give you a land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And he says, through you, the whole world will be blessed. Now, that's a plan, isn't it? Isn't that a plan? When God calls you to embrace adventure, you can trust him because he has a plan and a purpose for you to accomplish something great for his namesake. And when we step out in faith and embrace that adventure, God promises to bless you and make you a blessing to others. And in the case of Abraham, this is how this played out. Through Abraham's obedience, through Abraham's faith, through him embracing this adventure that God has called him to, God brought forth the Messiah, the promised one, right? The one who was to come into the world and live a perfect life and die a perfect death and be buried and resurrected so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, right? God brought Jesus, the Messiah, to the earth through his promise to Abraham. It's amazing if you think about it. John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the entire Bible is possible because Abram, a man, embraced adventure. And listen to me, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are experiencing today the blessings that God promised to bring about through Abraham so many years ago. And that's the incredible thing about embracing adventure. When God calls you out into something risky, into something unfamiliar, into something unknown, and you say yes to him and follow through with that, he blesses you, makes you a blessing, and the ripple effects of your life go on far beyond even your wildest imaginations. And so I want you to know that. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God is calling you out into some kind of adventure. And when you say yes, he blesses you and makes you a blessing and uses your life to accomplish incredible things for his glory and the good of other people. And so God called Abram to embrace adventure. He had a plan. Abram, Abram didn't know he had a plan, right? But he had he had a plan, and he promised to bless him and make him a blessing. And look how Abram responded to the Lord. This is what the Bible says. So Abram, what? Went as the Lord had told him. He embraced adventure. And so what I want to communicate to you today, what I want you to hear from me, what I want you to walk out holding on to is this very simple. When God says go... Don't say no. All right? Some of you are laughing. Yeah, it rhymes, all right? It rhymes. It's good. You'll remember now, okay? When God says go, don't say no. All right? It's a simple point. But honestly, it's, it's, it's very neglected, very neglected 
Because the truth is there are so many Christians who are missing out on the adventurous, abundant life God has called them to, that God has prepared for you simply because we are not willing to take that initial step of obedience. Right? We're afraid. We fear failure. We fear the unknown. We fear looking foolish or taking significant risk. And the truth is we're trapped in our fear because we're lacking in faith. See, fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear says it can never be when faith says, Lord, let it be. Right? And we live in fear because we lack Faith, And so the only way for us to break free of a fear-filled mindset is, in, is to embrace a faith-filled lifestyle. And if you're willing to do that, right, if you're, if you're willing to put off fear and, and cling to faith, if, if you're willing, like Abram, to hear the call of God and to go as the Lord says, God will bless your life and he will make you a blessing, and he will accomplish things in you and through you that exceed even your wildest imaginations. And so God is calling you to something. Every one of us, he's calling us to something. And if, if you don't believe that, you're not listening. You're not listening because the truth is God never saved a single person to have them sitting on the sidelines. God wants you in the game, and so you better pay attention. To me, the greatest tragedy for me would be for me to come to the end of my life and to look back on the life that I've lived and, and to, to think about my life and, and to think, man, I wish I had done more. I wish I had trusted more. I wish I had obeyed more. I wish I had risked more. I wish I had followed the calling of the Lord more. Nothing would be tra more tragic to me than to come to the end of my life and to be thinking thoughts like that. And so if your life is comfortable, if your life is safe and secure, if it's not risky, if you don't feel vulnerable, if you're not putting yourself out there to follow the call of God, then you are not living the life God has called you to live. Because the truth is God calls every single one of his children out of what is comfortable, out of what is safe, out of what is secure, into something adventurous and risky. He calls every one of his children to a faith-filled life. And so are you living that kind of life? Are you living a, a risky life or is it safe? Are you being stretched beyond the boundaries of what is comfortable to you or are you staying safe and secure behind the borders of your own comforts? When God says go, do you say no or do you say yes and follow his calling? embrace the adventure. And so let's talk about what that might look like for you, for me, for each and every one of us. Because God doesn't always call us to the same adventure. Right? So it might look different for, for everybody in this room. So what does embracing adventure look like for you? Well, for some of you, it could be as simple as accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
It could be that simple as taking the first step in the Christian life and believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So maybe you've been coming here for a while. Maybe you've heard the gospel. Maybe even intellectually you believe what the gospel says, that Jesus is the Son of God who came into the world, lived a perfect life, and died a perfect death, and was buried and resurrected so that, so that anyone who believes can have forgiveness and eternal life. Maybe intellectually you believe that, but, but practically in real life you haven't embraced that and taken the first step to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And there's many reasons people put that off. Right, it's a commitment, it's a big commitment. It's a fear of committing to follow Jesus and it is a big commitment. Other people are, are, are afraid to, to allow Jesus to interrupt their life and to change and transform their life. Right, we count the cost, we think man, it sounds good, it, it, it sounds uh, enticing, sounds like something that I want to do, but honestly, if I follow Jesus, then I'm gonna have to make personal sacrifices, I'm gonna have to change some things in my life. And so we let fear of commitment and fear of changing our ways hold us back from embracing the adventure of following Jesus Christ. And so if that's you in here this morning, I just want to, I want to share with you a story that we find in the Gospels. In the Gospels, Jesus is approached by a man. He's a, a young man, and he's a wealthy man. And he comes up to Jesus, and he asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to go to heaven or, or to be saved? And Jesus tells him, if you want to go to heaven, then you need to keep the commands. And this guy is a little confused about what all it means to keep the commands, but he tells Jesus, well, I've done that since my youth. What else do I need to do? Jesus says, if you would be perfect... You go and sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And the way that story ends is with that rich young man walking away from Jesus, sorrowful because he had many great possessions. And the truth is he was afraid of commitment, and he was afraid of personal sacrifice. And so he walked away from Jesus with his stuff, but without Jesus. And nothing matters more in your life than having Jesus. So don't let fear of committing to Christ, don't let fear of making personal sacrifice hold you back from embracing the adventure that God is calling you to. Trust in Jesus and follow him. For some of you here this morning, embracing adventure might be as simple as following through with believers' baptism, right? We saw Cody get baptized today. We got to celebrate that. We got to praise the Lord for that. We watched him embrace that adventure. And the truth is, the first step of obedience that Jesus gives us when we decide to follow him is to follow through with believers' baptism. It's to go public with our faith. It's to tell the church, it's to tell the whole world that we are now followers of Jesus Christ. And people put that off. People put that off for a lot of different reasons. Probably the main reason people put off following through with baptism is because people want to have a, a private, personal relationship with Jesus. Right? They, want, they want to have Jesus and, and to have salvation, but they don't really want that to be a public thing. They don't want it to really be a part of their social life or people to know too much about their religious beliefs. But listen to me, Jesus never called us to a private, 
personal faith. Jesus called us to a public faith that makes itself known. And that's so important for us to understand because there's a passage here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, where Jesus says this. He says, whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. And that's a strong word from Jesus, and I, I don't want you to think I'm trying to, to guilt you into following through with baptism. I'm just sharing with you the words of Jesus. And he says, if you're ashamed of me publicly, then I will deny you before my Father. And I can't help but connect the dots between that and baptism, right? If, if, you're, if you're ashamed to go forward and publicly identify with Jesus Christ and tell the church and tell the world I'm following him, I, I, can't, I can't see that any other way than just being ashamed of Jesus. So don't let your fear of going public with your faith cause you to be ashamed of Jesus. Don't let your fear of going public with your faith hold you back from embracing the adventure of living the Christian life. Follow through. Take that step. Say yes to the Lord. For some of you here, embracing adventure might be as simple as inviting somebody to church. Inviting somebody. How many of us know that we're supposed to do that, right? We're supposed to invite people to church. How many of us want to do that? We want to invite people. Some of us, we even plan to invite people to come with us to church, but for some reason or another, maybe we're, we're just a shy and reserved person, or maybe we're afraid of, of rejection or, or of them saying something condescending to us uh, in response to that, right? And so because of fear, we don't follow through. But Jesus is calling us to a life of adventure, a life of risk, a life of self-denial, a life of putting it all out there for his great name's sake, to embrace the adventurer, right? And if that's you, if you've been wanting to do that and the Lord's been calling you to invite somebody but you just haven't pulled the trigger, you haven't followed through, I want to encourage you because the odds are on your side. I don't know if you know this or not, but statistics prove if you invite somebody to church, they are more than likely to come with you, all right? So embrace adventure and ask somebody to come with you to church. It could be sharing your faith. It could be share, that can be scary, right? Sharing your faith with an unbeliever, that can be intimidating. It can be overwhelming. And trust me, I know. All right, I'm a pastor. I preach about Jesus. All right, I talk about Jesus. I teach about Jesus. I write about Jesus. I just all the time communicating about Jesus. But when I'm sharing my faith with an unbeliever, I still get nervous. Right? I still get a little bit intimidated. And you know what I'm talking about if you've ever tried to do that. And, and that should be expected because, honestly, we're dealing with significant issues. We're talking about heaven and hell. These are real realities that hang in the balance, and so it's a big deal, right? It should feel a little overwhelming, a little intimidating. But I want to encourage you this morning about that because, listen, when Jesus gives the Great Commission before he ascends into heaven, he gives this command for, for all of his followers to go and make disciples. And so that's a universal call for every single believer. If you're in here thinking, God's not calling me to anything, well, there you go. Jesus has called you to go and make disciples and to embrace that adventure. And so it can be overwhelming, it can be scary, but after Jesus gives us that call, he gives us a promise. And this is what he says. He says this, he says, remember, I will be with you always to the end of the age, right? Jesus doesn't send us out alone. 
This is not a solo mission, okay? He comes with us, and when we trust him and depend on him, all our fears, all our apprehensions, all our, exa- uh, 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 our apprehensions just melt away because the truth is he is with us and he is able. Amen? Besides that, he tells us not to worry about what we have to say. Did, you guys do this, right? We worry. We're sharing the gospel. Like, what if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? Or, or what if the conversation goes somewhere I'm not familiar with? Or maybe I don't know enough really to do this. Probably there's somebody who knows more who would be better who could do this, right? We, we kind of worry about what we're going to say. Well, Jesus tells us not to worry about what we're going to say because he tells us that the Holy Spirit will give us in the moment the words that we need to say. Did you know that? And that's true. I want to tell you a story about that from my own life. I, I've told you this before. I used to work at a place called Rent-A-Frog Valet Service, and lots of, lots of people from seminary worked there because lots of downtime could do our homework. It was awesome. Uh, love jobs like that. Um, and, uh, and so it was normal for us to talk about God, talk about theology, faith, things like that at work. And so there was this one time I'm working a two-man job with a guy that I didn't know, and uh, it was the first time we had met, and so somehow we started talking about God, theology, faith, all of those things. And, and through our conversation, I began to realize, like, his theology is a little off. Some of the things that he was saying didn't line up with, with historic Christianity or, or orthodox Christianity, and it was just it was off. Like, it, it kind of seemed Christian, but it was different, you know? And so I started to wonder if maybe he was, uh, if he was a Mormon. And so I asked him, I said, what church do you go to? Sure enough, he went to a Latter-day Saints church. So I realized, all right, we're talking about two different things here. And so I invited him after work to continue the conversation at Starbucks. And uh, just an aside, um, if you ever get into a discussion with a Mormon, don't invite them to Starbucks. All right? They don't drink caffeine. Okay? It's like, it's like asking an Orthodox Jew to come have a pulled pork sandwich with you. Okay? It's just not going to happen. Okay? But, but I, I didn't think about it. I asked him, and he said, he, said, uh, he said, okay. So he ignored my ignorance. He agreed to come. So we went there, and, and we just started talking. We talked about the Bible. We talked about the Book of Mormon. We talked about theology, faith, all of these, all of these things. Had a great discussion. He began to bring up some things that were challenging to me. Like he started talking about baptizing people on behalf of the dead. All right? Now, Mormons do this. They baptize living people on behalf of dead people sometimes because they believe uh, that it will help them, I guess, somehow in the afterlife. And so he starts talking about this, and I said, Ha! That is not biblical. No biblical foundation or warrant for that at all. See? And he said, Really? He goes, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. And when he said that, like my heart sunk, man. I was like, wait, what? He does? So I opened up my Bible and I went to 1 Corinthians 15. And sure enough, Paul talks about baptizing people on behalf of the dead. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in too deep. This guy, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. I don't even, you know, I felt very overwhelmed by the whole conversation. And so in that moment, I started to pray. I was like, God, I, I know this isn't right. It can't be, tr- it's not right. I, I just help me to see, help me to understand, give me words to say, right? And so what happened was, as I'm praying, as I'm reading the text, God began to show things to me. And I realized, wow, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is defending the resurrection, right? These Christians in the church of Corinth didn't believe in the resurrection. Could you imagine a a Christian church that doesn't believe in the resurrection? These people were not believing in the resurrection, and so he was defending the truth about the resurrection. 
And as he's giving them his argument after argument after argument for the reality and truthfulness of the resurrection, he comes to this little aside where he asks this question, and he says, and what do you mean by this baptizing on behalf of the dead? He asks them this question. And so as I'm praying, as I'm looking at the text, and I'm having a conversation, this is all happening simultaneously, right? I begin to notice two things about that verse. Number one, Paul had no idea what they were doing. He was asking them a question. What, what is this? What do you mean by this? Right? And so they were doing this, but it wasn't something he had taught them to do. It wasn't something Jesus had taught them to do. It wasn't something authorized by any apostle. It was just something that they had started doing on their own. So he was asking that question, but it was also kind of a rebuke. Because remember, these are people who don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in life after death. And so he says, what is this that you're doing? Like, you, you know, I didn't teach you to do this, and you don't even believe in life after death. So what's the point? Right? So, so all that to say, like, this was a weird conversation where I thought, man, I'm in too deep. I don't know what I'm doing. But I began to pray, and the Holy Spirit gave me the words to say. He gave me understanding. Right? And he'll do that for you, too. So don't let your fears hold you back. Don't let yourself think, man, I don't know enough. I'm not skilled enough. I haven't done this enough. I can't really follow through and make disciples. It's not true. Jesus is with you always, and he's given you his spirit, and his spirit will help you speak when the moment is right. So embrace adventure, folks. Share your faith. One last application for you this morning could be for you, embracing adventure means going on a mission trip, right? We all know that, that Jesus has called us to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. By the way, when, when Jesus tells us to go and make disciples, to be his witnesses here, there, and, and everywhere, he's not just talking about, you know, a specific group of people who are evangelists or a specific group of people who are missionaries. No, he's talking to every single believer, every single follower. This is your commission. This is your mission. He says, this is what I'm calling you to. And so for some of you in here this morning, that might mean going on a mission trip. We all know that Jesus wants us to do that. Some of us want to do that. We get excited about that when we start to talk about things like that. We want to embrace that adventure, but just like everything else in our life, we begin to count the cost, and we think, man, that's going to cost how much money? Where am I going to come up with that money? How, how am I going to know that I'll be safe? What if I get, you know, some kind of disease or, or something like that in a foreign country, right? And so we start to calculate the cost and consider the risk. And what it causes us to do is to step back and settle. And I can totally relate to that. When I went to Southwestern, one of the things that they require every person in the school to do is to go on a foreign mission trip. All right, and the furthest I had ever been was on the other side of the border of El Paso like 15 years ago, all right? That was like as far as I had gone. And so I was nervous. I went into the World Mission Center and I asked the guy in charge, hey man, tell me about the opportunities. Where's the school going? You know, I'm supposed to do this. And so he starts talking to me about Thailand. And I had never been to Thailand. I'd never thought about going to Thailand. I didn't know anything about Thailand. And so I just started getting nervous, right? And I was worried. And I said, well, well how do I know I'm going to be safe? How do I know I'm gonna, if I go there that I'm going to come back home? And I'll never forget what he did is this tall guy with bright eyes, and he looks down at me, and he smiles, and he says, God will protect you. And then he just walked away. Like, that was it, right? 
And in the moment, I was like, this dude is nuts. I need concrete, verifiable fact. I'm coming back, right? But looking back, I mean, it couldn't have been more true, right? Because when God calls us out of what is comfortable and familiar and known into what is risky and uncomfortable and dangerous even, sometimes he has a plan He has a purpose, and when we embrace the call, when we embrace the adventure, he blesses us, and he makes us a blessing. And I'll tell you this, I want my life to be a life of adventure. I want my life to be a life lived out saying yes to the call that God has put on me. You know why? Because I want my life to produce lots of fruit for the kingdom of God. I want the ripple ripple effects of my life to go on far beyond what I can even dream up or imagine. And it's possible. It's possible for me, and it's possible for you if we'll simply Embrace the adventure and follow the Lord where he leads us. And so what is God calling you to do? What could God accomplish in you and through you? What kind of impact could your life have if when God said no, go, you didn't say no, but you said yes and embraced the adventure? Let's pray together.